Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today on Core Principles, I'm honored to welcome back to the program the best-selling author of The Radical Mind, The Destructive Plans of the Woke Left, Mr. David Horowitz. How are you doing, David? I'm doing okay, considering. Yes, sir. Well, it's a great new book, The Radical Mind, although I got to say it is terrifying. Now, most of our listeners know, because you've been on our program before and they know you, uh, that you were raised by communists and you were, as a younger man, an idealistic leftist yourself. That gives you, I think, a clearer perspective on this radical mind that you write about and you warn about. So I wanted to ask you first, David Horowitz, how widespread is leftism in the United States now, and how serious is their threat, as stated by Barack Obama, to fundamentally transform this nation? Well, they've taken over our educational system entirely, particularly higher education. So every time, if you send your kid to college, they better be well-armed with good principles because the faculties of our universities uh, have, they have no morals when it comes to teaching kids. I remember myself being horrified to walk into a classroom in the 60s that was taught by a, by a friend and political comrade of mine. And he had, I was a teaching assistant and it was something like sociology or whatever he was teaching. And he had on the board, it was, you know, kind of a guide to revolution. And I thought, this is such an abuse of education. When I I went to Columbia before it was ruined in the 19, when did I go to Columbia? I, I was in the late 1950s. I graduated in 1959. Um, my teachers would take whatever position you took, they'd take the opposite. And in the duel that followed, you would learn how to think. They never tried to recruit you for radical or any other kind of causes. And uh, that was a privilege. And the left had destroyed our educational system and turned it into an indoctrination exercise and recruitment for uh, left-wing causes. As when, I don't know, I think there were some, it's all, of course, spread to the K-12 schools, where which took kids out of classes and put them on marches to defund the police. And now they're marching for Palestine. They don't even know what's going well, they're on. Marching. Yeah, we have now, this has been going on for 50 years, started in the 1970s. Um, we have a country now where you have thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of young college students and other young people Um calling for the extermination of the Jews, supporting a Nazi organization, Hamas, which butchered babies. I mean, it's so horrific what the left is supporting these days. 
it's mind-boggling in a way how anybody could support a leftist. The, the Hamas terrorists are worse than the Nazis. Hitler hid the final solution. It was a secret plan to exterminate the Jews. And he hid it from the German people because he thought they were too civilized to accept such a plan, that they would rebel. Um, and there, I, I actually just saw on the internet a video of um, a what it was an insane asylum. Uh, and it, it described how they transformed the insane asylums the Nazis did to killing people who had mental problems. Uh, you know, they were just not worthy of living. And there was such a backlash from the German people that they stopped the program. But these uh, Hamas and Palestinian Nazis, they scream it from the rooftops. They, may, they, they don't hide it. Gas, and, and in America, you have people chanting, gas the Jews, which means either they're incredibly stupid or they're supporting, self-consciously supporting a second Holocaust. It's the latter. And I was going to ask you about this eventually in our discussion, but let's go right to it because uh, of the flow of this discussion. Now, in your book, The Radical Mind, I assume based on publishing deadlines, you had to have written this before the 7th of October, but you said this, which is so completely accurate, quote, today's progressives are advancing the same genocidal agendas that the Western nations defeated in World War II and the Cold War. The progressive caucus in Congress and its racist leaders are in full-throated support of the 75-year genocidal campaign against the Jews conducted by the terrorist dictatorships in Gaza and the West Bank, unquote. Now, David Horowitz, are average Americans waking up to the fact that leftists, in fact, hate Jews? Well, I think you have to watch what's happening in the Democrat Party where um, people are waking up um, how dramatically and whether it will affect their fundamental uh, destructive agendas is yet to be seen. But you see, you know, Chuck Schumer, who, who I have no respect for, gave a lengthy speech about the persecution of the Jews as though uh, facts could persuade these people. Actually, they don't deal in facts. Facts are irrelevant to them. Um, when when Israel was created, there were no Palestinians. Nobody called themselves. Actually, the Palestine Symphony Orchestra was a Jewish orchestra. Um, Israel wasn't created on a one square inch of Arab, let alone so-called Palestinian territory. It was created the same way Jordan uh, Libya, uh, Iraq, Lebanon, not Libya, but Lebanon, uh, and Syria were created out of the ruins of the Turk 
Turkish Ottoman Empire. The Turks aren't Arabs, let alone Palestinians. Um, the word Palestine isn't even an Arab word. And there was no Palestinian movement in 1948 when Israel was created. There were five Arab dictatorships that invaded Israel to crush it and, in their own words, push the Jews into the sea. The Arabs were notorious for supporting Hitler, particularly the ones in the who now call themselves Palestinians. Um, you can't find a fact to justify the charge that Israel occupies Palestinian territory. The first time there was a claim on a Palestinian nationality was in 1964, 16 years after Israel was created. The and of course, there are over a million, I think there's a million and a half Muslims who are Israeli citizens and who have more rights as Israeli Muslims than the Muslims of any country in the Middle East. And, you know, people who want to, you know, of course, there are always innocents in war uh, who, who can't get out of the line of fire, so to speak, or the zone of fire. But name me one Islamic leader, president, whatever they call call themselves, um, that's denounced the surreal massacre of infants and women and children on October 7th. Uh, you know, the injunction to behead infidels, which apparently can include like nine-month-old babies, uh, comes right out of the Koran. Uh, the, the, the Arabs, the, the, the supporters of the jihad, which is the holy war against the West, against, against infidels generally, um, uh, goes back to Muhammad himself. And Muhammad said, and this is in the Hamas charter, so that, that, that's how influential it is today, um, that for the day of ju judgment, which was the day, it would be the day of redemption to come, the Muslims must fight the Jews and kill them. The Jew, when, and when the Jews hide behind the rocks and the trees, the rocks and the trees will cry out, O oh Muslim, is a Jew hiding behind me? Come and kill him. These are disgusting people, incredibly dangerous. And thanks to the corruption of our universities, they're on university faculties um, and the left generally. Uh, condemns Israel because it's a colonial, what they call a colonial settler state. Now, America is a colonial settler state. Everybody in America is either descended from a colonist or a settler or is a settler themselves tra transported uh, to a new world. And 
they have created the most egalitarian, the most inclusive, the most integrated, and the freest society on the face of the planet. Yes. So, and listeners, uh, take note that we uh, just discussed this on this program. The most recent episode was with Dr. Bruce Gilley on his new book, The Case for Colonialism. Go ahead and continue, David. Yeah, I I don't like that title. Look, you know, if you want to get into the discussion of colonialism, colonialism created India. India was... Uh, I think it's 365 different languages and nationalities. Um, it wasn't a, there was no India before the British. Uh, and the, the British not only unified the country or gave it a common language, which related all these people to each other, but they also instilled, um, you know, British civil liberties. Uh, so there, there was a beneficial side, um, to, to that colonial effort. Now, but to, to, to make a case for colonialism is to make a case for conquest, isn't it? It would um, seem so. That's not what Dr. Gilly really purports in his book, no, but it's a tough sell. It's a, it's a tough title too. I don't like its title for that reason. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Now, an interesting observation that you make in your book, The Radical Mind, uh, is this, quote, what makes radicals radical is their contempt for the legal system and their determination to destroy it and to do so by circumventing, undermining, and ignoring its prescriptions. And they had no desire to obey the Constitution or even merely to amend it, unquote. And we see this, David Horowitz, in their uh, contempt for the legal system and their abuse of President Trump. And we also see their disinterest in amending the Constitution, for example, in response to the Dobbs decision that declares simply the Constitution doesn't actually address abortion. No Democrat, as far as I know, has proposed a constitutional amendment to do. They don't, even argue. They don't argue that. Right. Okay. They, they don't they could try to make it say what they always claimed it said, but they don't even try. So why are leftists never held accountable for their anti-legal and their anti-constitutional approaches? Conservatives are left, live and let live people. Conservative, you know, America is uh, the American founders were political geniuses, heavily influenced by Martin Luther. Um who, who, and the central theme of the Protestant Reformation, which was called the priesthood of all believers, prior prior to the Reformation, the church and state were one and the same, uh, and that that made for as bad uh, tyrannies as possible. If you have God enforcing your arbitrary human um, dictates, uh, you have a very powerful juggernaut that's hard hard for people to breathe under. So America, America instituted the separation of church and state. It was founded by Protestant Christians. 
98% of the people that settled America were Protestant Christians. Um, and they, they, they secularized it so that there wouldn't be one, one denomination that dominated others like in Anglican in, in England. Um, yeah, I, I forget what your question was. But well, that's let me, let me make it more specific. <clears throat> Will these, I'm just going to call them anti-legal attacks uh, in f a few jurisdictions against President Trump. Will they go anywhere uh, to cause him actual incarceration or will they blow up on the leftists? Oh, I think he probably will be sent to jail for nothing. I mean, when you look at the cases, they're so bogus. And then it's it's horrifying to think here we as a democracy we've reached a point where the ruling party is trying to make its rule permanent by jailing the jailing the the candidate of the opposing party and that's the end of democracy and every democrat is supporting it where are the democrats who are condemning these stupid prosecutions they're cheering um, them on yes it's our country is in dire straits well now we're talking about the founding and you mentioned uh the the protestants that uh were leaders of this we know that america's founders leaned on these principles that we often refer to as judeo-christian ethics in your book, The Radical Mind, David Horowitz, you include some really significant observations about the role of faith in our defense of liberty in America. I'm going to quote a couple of these. Every freedom enjoyed by Americans, you say, is a gift of the faith that was bestowed on them, not by a government of men, but by a divinity. And the two institutions that will lead the defense of America's constitutional order are the American family and either members or respecters of Judeo-Christian religions, unquote. So, David Horowitz, how do we effectively I, communicate to citizens that this doesn't make us a theocracy, but it's just what makes us the land of liberty? How do we communicate that message? Theocracy is ridiculous. First of all, in, in the, that was the Protestant Reformation to end theocracies. It was a revolt against the Catholic Church, which was selling passes to to heaven, which which is, uh, you know, probably uh, the project of of a divinity, not not a human institution like the church, which has had centuries of corruption. Everything that human beings touch, they corrupt. Um, and I should clarify, I, I, I put in respecter of religion. To, that's a self-description. I'm an agnostic. Um, I, uh, I, I've written another book, which is not published yet, which I explain that um, the secularization of our society was based on this Protestant idea that called the priesthood of all believers, that each individual has a one-on-one -on -one relationship with his or her maker, uh, not mediated by a priesthood 
or by uh, by a church. So, to to people who hate religion, which is any leftist, and leftist is a criminal, a, a criminal in waiting. Every leftist is. And this is something I learned as a leftist when I was leaving the left. I thought about this. But everybody in the left has a mentality which is criminal. They don't respect the Constitution. True, and they want to destroy it. You point out in your book, The Radical Mind, about how all of these revolutionary approaches start with destruction. That's the fundamental transformation that constitutional scholar Barack Obama was talking about. And you say that they want to replace this with this idea of social justice, which actually harkens back to the very first episode three and a half years ago of this program, where we talked about social justice not being actual justice. How do you define social justice and what is the the danger of pursuing that as a great end? Frederick Hayek wrote the definitive book on this question. There is there's no such thing as society, so there's no social justice. The social justice model is some group of people who get executive power in the government get to decide who gets made equal at what rate. And when once you state that, you you see how impossible the concept is itself. You have people who are greedy, they lie through their teeth, um, they betray friends and country. We have a president who does all of those things, um, supported by by a major political party. and and so social justice means to stay in power you you dress it up as making people equal or doing doing something that's for the benefit of all people but what what you really do is you line the pockets of your of your donors and your and your political allies to buy more of them the the judeo Christian tradition. I, I've often said that the story of the of the Garden of Eden, which it begins the Genesis, is the wisest commentary on our condition. That Eden was a paradise. Didn't die, didn't have pain in childbirth, didn't have to work, the fruit dropped from the trees. The one condition of remaining in Eden was not to want to do evil, not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where knowledge is is as in carnal knowledge. It's not just a an intellectual attitude, um, but uh, a passion. So Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden by God. Oh. Let me say first, when the serpent, which is Satan, seduced Adam into eating from the from the tree, the forbidden tree, he did it by saying to him, if you eat that fruit, you shall be as God. 
And inside every leftist is an aspiration to act like God and make make decisions that not be obstructed by constitutional restrictions or anything. Because, of course, the Constitution was written by white, rich males, um, so it's worthless. We actually have a Supreme Court Justice, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, or Jackson-Brown, I can't remember which way it goes. Brown-Jackson. Brown-Jackson, I had it right the first time. Um, she's a critical race theorist, so she doesn't believe in the Constitution. She thinks it's a white supremacist document, even though it doesn't contain the words white or black in it, because it's not. It's a completely racial neutral, racially neutral document. Um, she doesn't believe in the Constitution, but her only job as a Supreme Court justice is to defend the Constitution. True. No leftist is qualified to be on the Supreme Court by definition. Yes. You know, unless they say critical race theory is racist crap and uh, the Constitution needs to be respected. It's the foundation of our freedoms. I would also say, uh, I, I like your observation about Genesis. Uh, I would say also, I'm a scientist and engineer by background, and the the, the first verse is a scientific statement. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Uh, I'd love to dive deeper into that one, but on another episode, perhaps. Uh, but Moses had help writing Genesis, I'm convinced. Well, I tr typically try to conclude discussions on this program, David Horowitz, with some encouragement. And you warn in The Radical Mind that, quote, under the surface of the crises we face is a sinister force that poses an existential threat to our way of life, end quote. Now, even so, David Horowitz, can you offer me and our listeners any encouragement that we may yet triumph in defending America against the leftists? America has really a resilient history. Uh, we've recovered from a lot of terrible times. Um, this one is the worst of all, in my view. Uh, although, you know, it's hard to find one worse than the Civil War because it was, uh, well, it was similar. It was an attack on our constitutional republic. Um, I, I often give this uh, uh, anecdote, and that is in 1941, I think it was May 1941. Uh, Hitler had overrun all of Europe except Britain and Russia, although he was trying to. He his armies were in Russia, and the Japanese had overrun all of you know Manchuria and Southeast Asia, including the Philippines and so forth. And Gallup did a poll among Americans. Uh, and 81% of Americans wanted us to stay out of the war, even though the, the Nazis and the Japanese were constantly attacking America, which was obviously because it was a democracy and powerful, their main threat. Then came Pearl Harbor, and everything changed. So 
Americans respond to these crises or so far have responded to them well. And I think, um, I, you know, the revolt in the schools is very healthy. These people make a lot of noise, the left. Um, and of course, they have the support of the media. Why is the media so anti-American and so uh, willing to lie to to defend the, the criminal in chief who's in the White House? Um, and that's because they've all been to college. And they their credentials come from the communications departments. And there are studies, for example, there's one study of 2,000 communications departments. They couldn't find a single conservative on the faculty. So while Americans were sleeping, <clears throat> and you know, it's it's part of the goodness of America to give people the benefit of the doubt, to live and let live and so forth. But while I was sleeping from the 1970s to the 1990s, the left was purging uh, conservatives from faculties and changing the curriculum to be an indoctrination program in leftist claptrap. Let me give you an example of leftist claptrap. As I say, leftists live in this imaginary universe of abstractions where a colonial settler applied to certain people that you hate already uh, is, a, is a condemnation of them because they're oppressors. And they have a hierarchy <coughs> of oppression, which has got an academic name, intersectionality. Um, was developed at Columbia by Kimberly Crenshaw, who says because of this hierarchy, alleged hierarchy, where black people are towards the bottom and white people reign supreme, um, that black people can't be criminals. Um, uh, so they, the hierarchy goes, if you're a white male, you oppress everyone. If you're a white female, you oppress black people. If you're a black female, you're oppressed. If you're a black female lesbian, you're sort of at the bottom of the totem pole because you're oppressed both as a woman and as a black person and as an LGBTQ um, pariah. Um, so you're powerless because everybody has this prejudice against you. But if you think of the Black Lives Matter movement for two seconds, it was founded and created and led and still led by three black lesbians who were supposed to be powerless. They raised $100 million from America's largest corporations, stole it and spent it on mansions and houses for themselves and their friends and their relatives. Uh, they torched 220 American cities and got 40 million people to support their path of destruction. So how powerless is that? 
And, you, and they did it based on a lie, as you pointed out in your book, I Can't Breathe. Uh, the yes. Whole, the whole thing was false. There's no racial dimension to the death of George Floyd. He OD'd on fentanyl. And that's even also according to Keith Ellison, the attorney general, and Obama acolyte. Well, dimension, yes. Do you suppose, David Horowitz, that the turning point may come as a result of the leftists' more and more blatant push for censorship? Uh, folks like Elon Musk are finally pushing back. Yeah, Elon Musk, Musk is great. You, you have to love that guy. Yeah. Um, People generally don't like censorship, and maybe they're seeing that the left is inclined well, to push for it. Very hard. I mean, Germany was one thing, but uh, the Weimar Republic collapsed. But America is an individualistic country. We had uh, the frontier played a tremendous role in the development of this mentality that if you found injustice in New, in New Jersey or didn't like the setup, you, you moved west and started a new society. Uh, Americans have a very healthy distrust of government. It's, uh, it's interesting how Democrats can't get that straight. That, that was part of the news yesterday, I think, where a Democrat pretended to, or thought he was quoting Ronald Reagan, saying the best thing is when the government says, I'm here to help, or something like that. What he actually said was the nine most dangerous words in the English language is, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Right. He said there's nothing that individuals and groups of individuals outside of government can't do better than the government. So I, I think these people make a lot of noise. Unfortunately, conservatives generally and Republicans in particular have been soft on their enemies. Uh, the Democrats call Republicans white supremacists, white nationalists, racists. Um, and so forth. This is and, part of the value of Trump. He's like, you know what? Call me all your names. I got a job I want to do. If you want to help me do it, let's do it. What do Republicans call Democrats? Liberals. They're not liberals. They're vindictive bigots. Well, I call them enemies of the United States Constitution because they hate it. Well, they're enemies of the country. They hate, they hate the, the civil order we have. Which is, you know, who who destroyed the civil rights movement? In 1964, well, Martin Luther King's famous speech was 19, it's the second most famous speech after the Gettysburg Address in the history of the nation, uh, where he talked about uh, a future in which character would count and not skin color. Um, and he, he was, Ronald Reagan took away the birthday holidays of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And so we only have one American who's honored with a national holiday, and that's Martin Luther King. And then he won the Nobel Prize. That should have been the end of racial politics and 
race discrimination, and also the passage of the Civil Rights Act. The Democrats claim that systemic racism characterizes every institution in America, which is a stupid lie. Um, it's illegal to discriminate on the basis of race. And the only exception is affirmative action, which is a systemic form of systemic racism, which was supposed to be temporary when the Supreme Court gave it a pass. But if there were systemic racism anywhere in the United States, in any institution, say in the 18,000 police departments in this country, there would be a tsunami of lawsuits for illegally discriminating against black people or minorities generally. There's no such tsunami. There are no such, and assume that every white person is a white supremacist. There are thousands of black politicians. There, there's, you know, black judges, black lawyers, that would descend on these cases um, and make millions and millions of dollars. There, are, there is no such movement like that because there's no such thing as systemic racism with the exception of affirmative action. And you could also say the Democrat Party has a, an attitude of systemic racism towards blacks in the inner cities, because Democrats control all the major inner cities in America and this rotten school systems that don't teach those kids how to write and read. And those uh, Democrats oppose vouchers that would help parents choose to get to a better school. So what's needed on the part of to save the country is people willing to, you know, take a, take, take a cue from Elon Musk stand up for your rights say the truth don't don't pussyfoot around the evils that the democrat party are responsible for call them by their right names all right well the book is the radical mind by david horowitz uh buy it read it study it uh don't read it right before you go to sleep because you'll have nightmares but it is important and wake up uh to the reality of what's going on and defend this nation. David Horowitz, thank you so much for being my guest again on Core Principles. God bless you. Thank you. Core Principles podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July, L-E-I-G-H-T July. You can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles podcast please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information and please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.